Hey, welcome to Night School, doing the studio, getting that studio sound. I do this on the phone so much these days. It's a totally different experience to do it into a microphone. I'm on the topic of names, though. You know, one of my favorite subjects is thinking about names. And in particular, what a strong impression that somebody's name gives you and the way that we categorize people. And part of that's based on experience. You know, we categorize people based on our interactions with, you know, formative interactions with people who had that name. And that can, I mean, that can stay with you the rest of your life. That can really give you this solid idea of who a person is when you don't even know them. And I think it goes both ways where I think sometimes it's total nonsense. Like, who are you to evaluate somebody based on your name? But I feel like you can also judge somebody by their name. You can at least judge their parents, their family. It does tell you about the sort of environment they grew up in. And even though it is kind of silly to judge people according to their name, maybe not judge, not judge as in criticize, but just evaluate them. Like, even though I understand that's silly and absurd on one level, I also take it very seriously. I also take it very seriously. Names are serious to me. It's why I don't like it when someone arbitrarily changes their name. Not not when they go by a nickname, but like when they actually legally change their name for some arbitrary reason. Something about that just rubs me the wrong way. It's like you were given that name. Nicknames are great. Diminutives are great. But legally changing your name feels like some sort of blasphemy to me. But it's funny the impressions people have, you know, people will meet somebody and on one hand, they will evaluate that person based on other people they've known who have had that name. Kind of like I've mentioned before, like if somebody looks like somebody, you know, when you initially meet them, you kind of feel like that's them. It's there somewhere. It's there. It's in your impression. And it takes a lot to undo that. Same with names. But people get very specific ideas about names, too. And, you know, this was something George Carlin covered. I mean, he's famous for his routine where he talks about names. And what's funny is I agree with his, all of the names. I agree with his evaluation of all of those names. One sec, batty has got to go to the bathroom. I just got home. All right, we're back. Split second for you is an eternity for me. No, it was just a couple seconds there. No barking. It's a nice day. I was expecting some barking, but no... But yeah, George Carlin, he's famous for his routine where he goes on about names, and he chose good ones. You know, even though that was a long time ago, he chose names that have a similar effect on me and obviously a lot of people. You know, the name Todd in particular is one that he points out, like hanging out with a guy named Todd. And, you know, I've always had a very negative reaction to that name, too. The first Todd I ever met, I didn't like, and he died last year. I wasn't in contact with him. He was a kid I grew up with. Never liked him. And I associated him with that name, but it wasn't just him that made that name bad to me. And I don't mean to speak ill of the dead. I didn't like this kid, and he died somehow. I think, I don't know how he died. Maybe substance-related. You know, I, I, I won't speak ill of the dead. I'll try not to. But I also won't pretend that I like the dead either. I'm not going to pretend I liked somebody who I didn't like. I'll try not to tarnish their name. They're no longer here. I think there is something to be said for not trashing someone who's dead. But I think it's just as bad to pretend you liked them. I mean, you become Livia Soprano. You know, the genius of the Sopranos was Livia Soprano. Like, anytime her dead husband's name came up, she was like, oh, he was a saint. He was a saint. But then Tony points out, like, you know, she... You tortured him. Livia Soprano tortured her husband his entire life, and then he died, and she just talks about what a saint he was. I think there's something just as blasphemous about that, that lie, that lie, as speaking ill of the dead. But this guy, Todd, I didn't like him, and I always na- I always formed this like negative association, but I don't think it was just him, you know, because George Carlin obviously recognized it too. And it's not that I'll hate somebody named Todd. Like, there was a Todd that I liked. There was a Todd that I liked. There was a Todd that I liked. There was a Todd that I liked growing up, too. But he was still a Todd. 
And I never, I was never able to come to terms with his name. And he was a Todd. He was the best possible version of a Todd. It didn't change the fact that he was a Todd. And so we do that with a lot of names, you know, it, it, you know, it, and it, that dictates friendships too. You know, in general, I, I like all my friends' names. And I wonder how much of an influence that has. It's not that I chose them to be my friends because of their names, but I'm comfortable with having a friend, like saying, hey, I'm going to go hang out with uh, so-and-so. I'm comfortable saying their name. Whereas if, if I had a dear friend, like I've never had a Todd in my life who I would call up to hang out with. The only Todds that I've known are either people I didn't like or they were like an acquaintance at best. They were never somebody where I would say, oh, I was hanging out with Todd the other day. Oh, I, you know, hey, hey, let's call Todd. Oh, hey, I'm going to call Todd and see what he's doing. It just never happened. Not that it could never happen. I just, it just never happened. And you think about some names too, like Topher. That's, that's a low-hanging ball sack. That's a low-hanging ball sack, easy to kick. A little too obvious, but the name Topher is, is one that I never understood. Is it short for Christopher? Is it somebody who didn't want to go by Chris, so they go by the end of the name, Topher? Or is it its own name? But that's one of those names where I don't think I could be friends with somebody named that. I don't think I could have a friend and be like, oh, it's hanging out with Topher. You know, because you can't evaluate, like I was saying, you can kind of evaluate what somebody's family is like. Both because they'll deliberately choose names. But then, I mean, there's some families too, like trashy families, who will just pull out random names. It doesn't even matter. Oh, this one will be John. Usually those are just the generic names, and I don't have any issue with those. I like the, the John, Mike. You know, those names are completely fine to me. You don't have any thoughts. I have no associations with those. They don't make me think of anything, and that's what's so beautiful about them. Names like John, Michael, just those, those basic names. Like, I don't particularly like them, but what's great is they're a blank slate. Like, you never meet somebody named John or Mike and immediately categorize them. At least I don't. But families will just, like, grab a name like that and be like, oh, we're just naming him John. We're not going to think about this much. We're just going to name him John. My middle name is John, but I don't think of it as John because it's J-O-N. As a J-O-N, I don't think of it. It's, I mean, it's very different than J-O-H-N. That, has a, that H is heavy. The H in John stands for heavy. So the fact that my John doesn't have an H in it makes it very light. It's very short and light. Like thinking about it right now, I'm dissociating and I'm, I'm having a hard time even thinking about the fact that my middle name is John. I don't feel... That's weird. It's weird for me right now to think about that. And I like my name. But, you know, the naming process for me is something that my mom used to tell me about because she had some other names. Eric actually wasn't her first preference. And I like Eric. What I like about my name is that it's it's not far removed from the John and Mike's. Like, you know a million Eric's. It's one of the most popular names, one of the more popular names. It's international. Every culture, every European culture has an Eric. There's a couple, a few different spellings, but every culture has an Eric. It's a name that you never have to think about. When you meet an Eric, it's, uh, it's not much different than hearing John. Like for me, it's different because it's my name. And I've mentioned this before, where if I meet somebody who has my name, when I used to be drunk or drinking and somebody would be like oh hey eric this is my friend eric if i was drunk enough i would be like don't, don't you think that you are a different person because you've been responding to the same sound don't you feel like we have some sort of shared experience just based on the fact that our entire lives we've been responding to an identical sound do you ever think about that and without fail they are they're always like what the fuck are you talking about dude what the fuck are you talk or they just ignore me but I think that that has an impact, like the sound you respond to, the phonetics of the sound that you respond to and identify with. How can you not feel shaped by that? And how can you not feel a certain kinship? And I think it is kind of a name kinship. How, how do you not feel a name kinship with somebody who's responded to the same sound their entire life? That's big. That's important. 
But my mom told me, like, uh, she wanted to name me Oliver. I'm grateful my name is not Oliver. I've never even known many Oliver. You know, I don't even know if I've known an Oliver. I don't even know I've known an Oliver. But then my dad spoke up and he said, you know, if we name him Oliver, they're going to call him Ollie. No. And he's right. You know, what nicknames are there for Oliver? Ollie. And it makes me think of Olives for obvious reason. I, it's, it's a very sensitive name. I, I wouldn't have been a good Oliver. I don't even hate the name. You heard of Oliver Twist? Well, I'm Twisted Oliver. You heard of Oliver Twist? Well, I'm Twisted Oliver. Twisted all over. Didn't even, I wasn't even planning on that. Twisted all over. All over twist. But uh, so my dad shot that down. He said, they're going to call him Ollie. They're going to call him Ollie. That's foresight. That is something only a man would be aware of. My dad, as a man, understood that if we name him Oliver, which it sounds like he, did, he didn't have an issue with the name Oliver very much. Probably didn't like it that much, but he didn't seem to have an issue with the base name. But didn't like Ollie, the potential to, of calling me Ollie. Imagine me. Imagine if you were listening to me right now and I went by the name Ollie. That just defines the point I'm making in this episode, which is like the power of a name. Imagine listening to a guy named Ollie right now saying these things. Imagine if, if just what I just said about the name Eric, like if I met other Olivers and I was like, don't you feel like we have a, a, a kinship because we both respond to the sound Ollie, Ollie, stupid. I would be worse off for that. But then the other name my mom liked, she also, this might've been her number one preference. I can't remember which one was her top choice, but the other one she liked was Gregory. And my dad said no to that as well. And he, again, showed some foresight, some male foresight. Because he said, you know, if he goes by the name Gregory, if his name's Gregory or Greg, in school they're going to call him Greg the Fag. That's what my dad said. If we, call, if we name him Greg, it's going to make it way too easy in school for people just to call him Greg the Fag. Not that my dad felt that people named Greg deserved to be called Greg the Fag. He just knew that they would call me that. He knew that they would, they would do that. Of course they would. How would they not? So my dad shot those down, and my dad liked Eric, even though I don't use the Scandinavian spelling. I, I, I always forget that. I think, you know, I know Scandinavia uses the K, but I can't remember if Sweden uses this. I think Sweden does use a K, too. I know, I know like, there, there are differences there. I mean, the, the French spell it with a C, but I want to say there's... I want to say there's a variation in one of the Scandinavian countries. But either way, my dad liked that it was connected to Scandinavia, even if it wasn't the traditional spelling. What I like about it is you can't shorten it to anything. This is just me. This is me being like, look at all these shitty names. Here's how great my name is. But no, like it's it's not a name that like I feel that much for. Like I said, it isn't that far removed from John, but it's not that. It's normal enough that you don't bat an eye at it and you meet a million Eric's in your life. But when I actually think about my name, it's a weird fucking name. Eric. What is that? It's two syllables. It's short. It's, it starts with a vowel. A vowel. And you can't really make any nicknames out of it. When I was in second grade, my sister was dating this guy who... His brother-in-law and his brother, who weren't the same person, were... Uh, both former NFL players and his brother had been on the San Francisco 49ers when they won a couple Super Bowls. And in that guy's family, in my sister's boyfriend's family, this brother was like the, I mean, they just celebrated him nonstop. Like the boyfriend, like he, he was obsessed. Like his idol was his brother and he would spend all his time at our house and so he became kind of my de facto older brother because he spent all of his time with me. Like my sister was in like ninth grade or something. So they didn't even hang out. Like he would come over to our house every day practically and he would just spend all of his time with me. And he was a real prankster and not, not a lighthearted prankster. He would do serious shit. Like he got me to go to the train because there was this cliff that overlooked a train. 
not really a cliff, but just kind of an overlook. And the train went right by you, slightly under you. And he would take his pellet gun and shoot at the train. It was a dinner train. So you could see all these people and it, it drove by really slowly. But like they couldn't stop and do anything if you messed with them. And so he and his friends would take pellet guns and rocks and throw them at the train as it went by and shoot pellets at it, which is really dangerous because the ricochet. ricochet. Um, but uh, one time I went with him and threw rocks and he broke into his school and he spray painted a bunch of shit and he got caught because he spray painted his initials and my sister's initials, really a rookie mistake. But you know, he did, he was a prankster. He would egg houses, but he bordered on being a little too malicious. Like there was a night where one of his friends, it was summer and one of his friends was sleeping in a tent in his yard. And so we went there to the, to his friend's house and brought BB and pellet guns and shot them at the tent, which would rip holes in it. I mean, you're damaging the tent. So he did, he was into destruction, but anyway, his, his older brother, who was a former NFL player who won Super Bowls was named Ricky R I K R I K I. They were from New Zealand originally. So his older brother was named Ricky R I K I weird spelling of Ricky, but I guess it's a New Zealand thing. They were part Maori. And this guy really hammered, like, because this guy was like my older brother, his older brother, who he idolized, kind of became like this celebrity to me. And I only met him once. And then his son went on to be in the NFL, too. It's like a real football family. But uh, I remember I was in that age, I was in second grade, and I was, you know, kind of bored with my name. I had learned my name, and I was kind of bored with it. So for two school papers... For two homework assignments, I wrote my name is Ricky. I was like, oh, Ricky. The name Eric has Rick in it. I can go by Ricky if I want. So I did a couple assignments where I just wrote the name Ricky. I'm really embarrassed about it now. I shouldn't be embarrassed about what I did at seven years old. But for some reason, I can't shake it. I'm embarrassed. But I tried to be Ricky for a minute. But I'm glad that I just settled into Eric and that nobody can really come up with a nickname for that. Nobody can come up with a nickname for Eric. They can't call me Eric the Fag. They can't call me Airy. You can if you want, but you, it, it doesn't really work. Whereas Ollie or Greg the Fag, I'm, I'm just glad that those aren't my name. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's names too, though, that you don't hear very often. I worked with a guy briefly whose name was Cyril. I still don't know how that's spelled. I mean, it makes me think of Cyrus. I'm guessing it's spelled C-Y-R-I-L. I know I've heard it before. But when he told me his name, I had to ask him like three times. Because he kind of slurred it. He's a, he's a little too comfortable just saying his name offhand. Because that's a name. If somebody's name is Cyril in 2010, they need to really enunciate that for you. Because he's just like, Cyril. I said, what? What's your name? Cyril. And then he's like, Cyril. And I was like, oh, I've never heard, you know, I've never met a Cyril. And I, I think the spelling is C-Y-R-I-L, kind of like Cyrus, I'm guessing. I don't know for sure. It's weird, though, because my association with names is very much based on the spelling. Like, talking about the difference between J-O-N, my middle name, and John with a heavy H, that heavy H in there... I have a very strong association with the spelling of a name. Like if somebody has a weird spelling, even if it's phonetically the same, I respond to that. I will judge that. I will criticize that. I might not like a person if I don't like the spelling of their name. Like if a girl has a name that's otherwise fine, I mean, I mean girls are a whole other subject. If I think about my friends' names, you can only imagine what I think about a girl's name. But just with the phonetics thing, it's not just the way it sounds. I also care about the way it's spelled. And not because of what that means. I mean, it does mean something as far as the family goes. Like when someone names their little girl Madison, and it's got some weird spelling. Like I, I saw at some point, like, like somebody named their little girl Madison, but it was like M-A-D-Y-Z-I-N. That's, going, that's over the top. That's crazy. 
But, you know, that it, it's, it says a lot about the family. And I mean, I know my mom, like she grew up in a very poor family and she wasn't judgmental of poor people. Like she wasn't one of those people who grew up poor, who hates poor people. But there were things about it that bothered her. And when people w- couldn't spell a name properly, it bothered her. Like if, if people from the lower classes butchered the spelling of a name, it bothered my mom a lot. And I get that. There's something that kind of, you know, it just, it's something about it just bothers you. And then when they do it deliberately, there's something wrong with that too. But I was thinking about like how I associate the name with the spelling of the name. And that's, it just factors into my thinking. And what's crazy about that though, is there was a point in time, like where people were illiterate. Like I do a lot of research on Italian immigrants and a lot of them were either illiterate or borderline illiterate. They probably didn't think of the spelling of these names. And sometimes they would tell Ellis Island their name and it would be a completely different spelling from what it actually was. And they would just stick with it because it didn't matter to them. They lived in a completely phonetic society where all that mattered is if the sound was right. And that's so wild to me to think about, like living in a purely phonetic, living a purely phonetic life. Like I think about that with Batty, where Batty learns words but it's not like he knows the spelling. He responds to the way it sounds. And the human beings who aren't literate think that way. At least I imagine they do. Because when somebody says a name, I, I, I visualize the spelling of it. Unconsciously, I visualize the spelling of it. So if you don't, if you don't know how to spell, if you don't know what letters mean, what does your brain do? Do you have something else that comes into your mind? Like... What happens if if you're illiterate and you hear a name, what happens? Whereas like I think of the spelling subconsciously, unconsciously, what does their brain do? I wonder about that. But yeah, a name like Cyril, I was just like, huh, you need to say that for me a few times here. But with with girls, I, I mean, I'm very harsh. Like at a young age, I formed a very negative association with the name Tina. I equated it with trashy women. I don't know why. I don't know if I even met a Tina. And to be honest, I think a lot of the Tinas that I've known in passing or come across haven't been trashy at all. But I got this idea in my head. Well, look, my friend had an aunt. I had a friend who was a redneck. And he had an aunt named Tracy. And she was very loud and trashy. He called her Trashy Tracy. She wasn't even a bad woman or anything, but she was just very kind of crass, and, and they were rednecks. And so I got that in my head that Tracy on a woman, and Tracy on a man is weird, but Tracy on a woman, I just got this very negative association, and that kind of bled out to all these other T names, like the name Trish. That's another name. I don't think I've never, ever known anybody who's trashy. I've never known a Trashy Trish. Trashy Trish. Oh, look at her. She's Trashy Trish. I went to 7-Eleven the other day, and guess who I saw there? It was Trashy Trish. Hard to say. Trashy Trish. Trashy Trisha. That's a name, though, that I have a very negative association with for no reason that I know. Tina, too. Because, like, Tina makes me think of tuna, and I'm not going to make some stupid joke about that, but it makes me think of tuna... And it just sounds trashy to me. And then I had a friend in high school who had a little sister named Tina. And I've seen where women named Christina will go by Tina. Maybe that's kind of like if if Topher does come from Christopher. Because girls who, who are named Christine or Christina will go by Chris, Christy, Chrissy. But I have seen women who are named Christina go by Tina. But I also think it's a name of its own. I think. I mean, I didn't know until I was like 30 years old that women named Shelly are often named Michelle. So there's a lot that I, you know, I'm still learning. But I think women are also named just Shelly too, as far as I know. But Michelle Shelly. It wasn't until I found, I, I heard about a woman named Shelly who was actually a Michelle. But, you know, Tina though, like my friend's little sister was named Tina and he was not a, tra- his family was not trashy. His dad was a doctor his little sister was like super studious, very polite and quiet. She was on the drill team. She was very well put together. 
But I remember like finding out that his sister's name was Tina and, and kind of forming a negative association. And I had no reason to. This girl didn't check any of the boxes that I'd created in my mind as to what a Tina was. But the fact that I had to even try to reconcile it tells you that I've categorized this name. And speaking of my name, like because I'm about to go into the girl topic, which is going to take me an hour. But with Eric, you know, people do form these associations. And one time I looked up the name Eric on Urban Dictionary. And there was an entry that was like, Eric's are the type of guys who act like they don't care about you, but then are really sweet through text messages. There was an entry like that. And I started looking up random names because these entries were clearly written by girls. These urban dictionary entries on names were clearly written by girls. And it was so specific. It was based on such a specific interaction with a girl. Like the fact that they would define the name Eric. I don't know if that example I gave was actually what it said, but it was something like that. It was like, Eric's are the kind of guys who are really quiet and serious and act like they don't care about you. But they... uh, they're really sweet in private and they text you. <laughs> it was something like some girl had some very specific take on the name Eric. But with girl names, like, yeah, I mean, I've straight up not dated a girl because of her name. I know I've talked about this one before because I met a girl on OkCupid and she had a good sense of humor and I could have seen myself liking her. I could have seen myself loving her. And I could have seen myself liking her. And we met, and I was pretty drunk, and I found out her name was Danjo. And I didn't, it was another example where I didn't know what I was hearing. I didn't know what the heck I was hearing, and I asked her to explain it to me. And she said, oh, well, my name is Danielle, and my middle name is Joe. So I go by Danjo, one word, like banjo, that's what she said, like banjo. It was over right then. It was over the second she said that. And it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the different parts that bothered me. I think the the name Danielle is a beautiful name. I would say it's actually one of my favorite names for a woman, Danielle. There's something beautiful about that name. It, It sounds hot. The name Danielle, and I've never even had a crush on a Danielle. I've never dated a Danielle. But there's something about the name Danielle that's, it's perfectly feminine, I just like it. I just like it. And I don't even mind Danny. Like, I have a cousin named Danielle who goes by Danny. Works perfect. That works perfect. Even though we think of that as a guy named Danny, Danny works perfect. I can, I can, I can completely accept a girl named Danielle going by Danny, not Dan. And the name Joe is fine, too. You know, that's a good enough name, too, for a girl, like as a nickname. There's a Joe who listens to this show. There's a Joe who listens to this show, a woman named Joe. And I think that's a, a perfectly good name. But Danjo, that's a problem. And the fact that she used banjo to illustrate it, she was like, oh, it's like banjo with a D. That sealed the deal. Because first of all, like banjo is such a goofy word. Like like banjos are so zany. Even though they're this old school country in- instrument, you think of like a guy on his porch playing the banjo. It's become this zany busking instrument. And people have joked about them my entire life. Like people are always like, uh, get a banjo. For some reason, people, banjos are this punchline. I think it's because the word is what it is. I think because the word banjo is so goofy people kind of use it as a punchline. Like if a banjo was called a sitar, a sitar, I don't think it would be the joke that it is. I don't think buskers would use it. If a banjo was called a sitar, I've got got a bloody nose, Jesus. What's going on? Pause. Yeah, I'm just so passionate about names that uh, I'm bleeding out of my nose. I have a tissue stuffed in my nose, so I probably sound really nasally. It's a first, I think. I don't think I've gotten a nosebleed. I call him a bloody nose. Other people call him a nosebleed. You can hear it in my voice that I got this shit stuffed in your... You know, it's funny. You feel that... You feel it creep down your uh, your nostril area, and you just know it's blood. You know, because I... This time of year, I have runny noses and everything. 
and uh, my voice is just awful. But uh, you just know it's blood. There's nothing else telling you you have a nosebleed. You just know blood is coming down your face. Um, I'm going to figure something else out here. I think I'm just going to dab my nose. Excuse me. I've learned that I can't do a show with a, a tissue stuffed in my nostril. But uh, anyway, just to go back to names, enough about bloody noses. Back to names, you know, Danjo. It's like if a banjo was called a sitar, I don't feel like buskers would use it. I don't feel like all these buskers would be sitting around on street corners, like train hopping buskers. I don't think they would be playing it. I think part of it is the goofiness of the word banjo. Because it's not just that people's names give you an association. The names of objects give you an association. It's why, like, I can use certain terms for going to the bathroom, but not others. Like piss opposed to pee. It changes the experience. If you're taking a piss and you call it a piss, it changes what you're doing. Whereas if you're peeing, like Miles was here yesterday. Miles, who I always talk about, he drove up. I hadn't seen him for three years, man. That's crazy. Time has just entered a fucking vortex. Talked to him on the phone all the time. Hadn't seen my one of my best friends in three years. Came up and stayed for a few, couple days. But at one point I had to piss. I was like, I'm going to take a piss. Imagining if I said to my friend, my male friend, hey, I'm going to go pee. Hey, dude, uh, before we leave, I'm going to go pee. Kill me. Kill me right there. Just kill me. Leave. Leave me. Abandon the friendship. I would never say that to a male friend. I will soften my tongue. Sound, this is going to sound weird. I will soften my tongue for women and children. Women, are really, women and children are really into peeing. And what they experience when they're doing that is peeing, not pissing. Women don't piss, they pee. And when women say piss, they're trying too hard to sound gruff, and it doesn't sound real. Women pee. Children, children both piss and pee. <laughs> they do, they, they're capable of both. There are little boys who piss, and there are little boys who pee. This is getting really weird. But it, it changes what you're doing. It changes the mentality of your action. So, of course, if you called the banjo something else, people wouldn't joke about it the way they do. Because it it's not like it sounds that funny. It's not an oboe. It has kind of a weird twang to it. But the banjo itself, it doesn't look particularly funny. It doesn't sound that funny. It's unique. But the fact that it's called a banjo makes it a joke to people. It's a banjo. So the fact that this girl was like, my name is Danjo. And I was like, what, can you explain what I'm hearing? Because I don't even know if I'm hearing you right. And she was like, it's like banjo with a D. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, oh my God. What the? Right then I knew. Because it would become some sort of issue where I would have to, if I tried to date her, I would have to say, I'm going to call you Danielle. And you know what? I would have been fine with Danny Joe. It's a little silly. It's very Southern. But I would have, I would have given her a chance with Danny Joe. But one word, Danjo. I'm sorry, Danjo, wherever you are. I don't know if you're still in town here. We never had any mutual friends, so I don't think this is going to get back to you. And I thought you were great other than that, but names give me a visceral re reaction. And speaking of Joe, Joe, who listens to this show, was telling me, because she uses an E. And if I'm oversharing or something, you know, just let me know, Joe. Let me know, Joe. Uh, she was telling me because like she spells her, her name, like her name is Johanna, and she spells Joe, J-O-E, which, of course, people associate with men. It's like John and the Heavy H, which is a children's book I'm writing. John and the Heavy H. But it's like John and the Heavy H, where that E changes people's perception. And she was saying that men she's dated have a problem with that. Men she's dating have a problem with the E. And uh, that's interesting. I get it. I do get it. Because a lot of men leave the house every day and in the back of their mind, they're thinking, I hope nobody finds an excuse to think I'm gay today. There's this sort of subtle, this subliminal gay panic that goes on in, a, in the back of a lot of men's minds. 
where even if they're completely, because gay panic isn't something, just to explain what gay panic is, and that's a real term. Gay panic isn't when somebody is secretly gay and they're afraid of people finding out. Gay panic often refers to a guy who's straight, but he's really worried that people are going to think he's gay. And so I think that's probably what's going on with uh, my friend saying, like, guys don't like that she spells it with an E. It's not just that maybe it masculinizes it to, to them. I think they're probably worried about, like, how that sounds to other people. Where if you say, like, oh, you know, me and Joe, like, me and... Because, I mean, if you're talking about being in a relationship and you say to somebody, me and Danny, that's a little ambiguous. There's a lot of girls who go by Danny, so it's not that crazy to say, like, me and Danny. Somebody might not jump to conclusions. Me and Dan Joe, there's nothing masculine about that. That's just absurd. That's like a clown show. And that's what my friend Nick said. Because I went over to his house like the next night after I had my date with Danjo. And I told him about it. I said, yeah, I met this girl. You know, I liked her and everything. I mean, I wasn't struck. Cupid didn't fire around into my heart. But I was like, yeah, I went, you know, I liked her and everything. She seemed cool. But her name was Danjo. And right there, Nick said, yep. Because he's the same way. He has that power. He has that strong association of, with names. And he was like, just a mad because like, I was like, I feel bad because it's like I shouldn't judge her because of her name. And in that case, too, it's a, it's a name she chose. Her given name was beautiful. She had a lot of options as far as nicknames go. But when uh, Nick, when I told Nick about her name, he goes, just imagine telling people like imagine if you were actually dating her and telling people like me and Danjo, you now become an idiot. You now become a clown. Oh, me and Danjo, you'd have to explain that name yourself to everybody. Like if I were if I were at a job and I was having if I was like, oh yeah, last night me and Danjo watched Netflix, they'd be like, What the fuck are you saying? Every single person you meet, you would have to explain to them that your girlfriend's name is Danjo, like banjo. And you'd you'd start saying banjo. Like you'd start telling people it's like banjo. You, your life would become a clown show. And I'm not trying to rake this girl over the coals. I, I enjoyed hanging out with her that one night. But I'm just explaining why I, I have an issue with somebody who goes by that name for that reason alone. It, it complicates your life. How do you take that, that relationship seriously? I know that sounds harsh, but really. But going back to the gay panic thing, like a lot of guys leave the house and in the back of their mind, they think, like, I hope nobody thinks I'm gay today. I hope nobody finds some reason to think I'm gay. I hope nobody calls me Greg the Fag. And, you know, it's a, it's a variation of what I've talked about on here before, about you're hanging out with a group of guys at a party, and you're having a good time. Like, it's a group of friends, a group of dudes hanging out, and there's that one guy who's like, dude, this is a fucking sausage party. Where's the girls? Somebody call some girls. Why don't you call the girls? If you're thinking about everybody's dicks and you're worried about that, why aren't you the guy calling the girls? You want us to be your pimps? You think we're your pimp? If you're so worried about everybody's dicks, if you can't just enjoy the camaraderie of hanging out with dudes, which is a rare treat, you know, I don't, I miss those days. I look back on those times where it's like a group of six to ten guys in high school just hanging out. That doesn't happen ever anymore. And at the time, I was I was never the guy who was like, dude, it's a fucking sausage party. Because in the back of that guy's mind, it's not even that he really wants to be around girls. Because you can make that happen if it's a possibility in your life. Like, if you know girls and you're hanging out with a bunch of guys and want to see girls... You can make that happen yourself. But that guy who's calling it a sausage party, he's he's like seeing this from, he's having an out-of-body experience or he's seeing himself hanging out with all guys and thinking it's gay or that somebody else would think it's gay. And so guys have that running in the back of, backs of their minds all the time. And yeah, if you were, if you had a girlfriend who had a masculine name and you and you tell somebody like, you know, me, I'm trying to think of an ambiguous, like Sam. 
Like I've known a lot of girls named Sam. And if you were to tell them, oh, like me and Sam, someone might think he, you're gay. Oh, you're gay. But Sam is common enough to you where you might question it unless you had reason. Like if you said me and my partner, Sam. Oh, me and my partner, Sam, were watching Netflix. We we're binge watching Netflix last night. You know, if you were to say that, somebody might think it's think you could be gay. But I mean, going back to my friend, like, you know, her saying that guys have had an issue with the, the E, the heavy E at the end of her name. I think that's probably because they're worried it sound it, it they're worried people are gonna think they're gay. And they should get over that. You know, it's something you should get over, but we do form these heavy associations. People do have this gay panic running behind their you know, running in the back of their mind. But uh, was I going to go on? There was, was another topic I was going to hit on. Do I have any more to say about names? I could go on about names forever. Names forever. I mean, the trends in names. I tend to not like newer names. I was thinking about this, about how there were certain names I heard growing up where you could immediately place what that family was like. Like there were certain names that people would have that were like very British or Scottish or European, and the family wasn't from Europe. For some reason, I have this association with the name Duncan. There's a lot of Americans named Duncan who don't fit this bill. But there was a family who was, they were very British. Like they were very into British things. I don't even know that any of them, I don't think the parents were even born there, but I'm not sure. But they had a son named Duncan. And you, you went over to their house, and it was very much like a European house. It was people who liked Europe. It was like people who had a fetish for European living, even though they lived in the suburbs of America. And I felt like, the, like naming their kid Duncan felt very Scottish or British. And there were other families like that, too. I mean, a name that, that people used back then, like Rowan, that's become a very popular name. Like people in America name their boys and girls Rowan. But in the 90s, if you named your kid Rowan in the United States, it meant you either had a close connection to your European heritage or you were one of those families who was like very organic and wanted to kind of communicate that your family was worldly. And there were certain names like that where like families you'd meet and you'd hear their kid's name and you'd be like, oh, you're one of those British families. Even though you're not actually from England, you're one of those UK fetish families. You're one of those UK fetish families. And that was a certain type of family. But uh, those are the things you can figure out from just someone's name alone. But... uh, I don't know. I had another topic here. I feel like there was a segue to it, but I'm just going to go into it. You know, the other day I was talking about my boss, my old boss, who was obsessed with going viral. And, you know, just, you know, just kind of, you know, kind of mocking him because there was a lot to mock. I don't hate the guy, but there was a lot to mock about him. And one thing that gave me this odd respect and fear of him is he told this story at one point where he said, in college, as sort of a revenge prank, he went to another dorm. I don't know if it was his friend's dorm or his enemy's dorm or who, who it was, but he went into this his rival's dorm and he, he had bought a fish, you know, like a dead, like, a, like to eat. He had bought a fish at the grocery store and he unscrewed the air vent in this dorm and he put the dead fish in the air vent vent and screwed it back on so that the entire summer there was a rotting fish in their air vent and they were complaining about the smell but they couldn't figure out where it was i mean that sounds extremely unhealthy and it being in the air vent too it's like air is passing through there it's spreading the smell and i was like that is a vicious prank i feel like that could potentially hurt those people but it gave me an odd respect where i was like this guy's a very touchy-feely He's both out of touch, yet touchy-feely, new-agey sort of guy. But it showed me his dark side. It showed me his shadow to get Jungian about it. Because he was, you know, like I never would have even thought to do that. As much as I like pranks, as much as I like screwing around, you know, especially as a kid, like messing with people and things like that, 
I never would have imagined like putting a dead fish, unscrewing somebody's air vent and putting a dead fish in there so that a rotting fish just ruins their entire life experience for a summer. And I think he said he did it during the summer too. And it reminded me of something else where I went to this, this coworker had a party with all their house. It was like one of those housemate situations where there's a bunch of housemates and friends of friends. And I didn't, I barely knew anybody. And somebody was telling a story about somebody who it was a couple who had a bad breakup. And when the girlfriend moved out to get revenge, she sewed rotting meat into the curtains, pretty much the same as the fish story. I never would have even thought to do that. Like she had to sew rotting meat into the curtains so that this meat would just be rotting there and you would never think to look there. You would never think that there's, oh, something smells terrible in my house. There must be rotting meat sewn into my curtains. You would never even think that. And that's so nasty. Once again, there must be an awful health risk to that. I feel like you could potentially hurt somebody to have rotting meat just right there. And so they were, they were telling this story at the party. Somebody at this party told that story and everybody had this, like the same reaction. Like it's awful. Oh my God, that's crazy. And I, in response, I just said, that's the kind of thing you kill somebody over. And the room just went silent. And everybody looked at me and then somebody was like, that's going way too far. No way. You, you wouldn't. That'd be awful. You don't kill somebody over that. Like they took what I said completely seriously. They, they responded as if I said, oh, if somebody sews rotting meat into your curtains, you should come up with a very specific plan to murder them and get away with it. All I said is like, oh, that's the kind of thing you kill somebody over which seems like a completely appropriate, like funny, casual response. I mean, to be honest, it actually does sound like something you would kill somebody over. Like if somebody sewed rotting meat into my curtains, I cannot tell you how I would respond. I can't tell you how I would feel. Same with the rotting fish in the vent. But what got me is like at this party, like, Everybody agreed that was a nasty thing to do. And then I just, I made a casual remark where I was like, oh, that's the kind of thing you kill somebody over. And they stopped. And like the guy whose house it was and these like two women who lived there were like, they just went silent and they like looked at me and they were like, you wouldn't kill somebody over that. That's going way too far. I'm like, yeah. And then, and then I said, and then I, I kind of tried to reason with them. I was like, well, no, I mean, obviously I was joking, but like I was, I was like, that's a pretty nasty thing to do. I feel like it, it would bring, I feel like it would bring a primal response out of people, you know, but they really like, they really zeroed in on me for that comment. And one of the women who responded that way, she was like one of the housemates and they were trying to set me up with her. Like I didn't know her. It was the first time I'd ever met her. And she was like reasonably attractive and stuff. And like they were trying to set me up with her because like she was single and I was like the new coworker of theirs who was single. And she was talking to me the entire night. Like they had told her to like, they told her about me or something. I don't know how that works, but they were like trying to set me up with her. And she, she was like talking to me the whole night. I wasn't particularly interested, but that's like, that's like hearing the name Danjo or something where like when she responded to my offhand comment about, Oh, that's the kind of thing you kill somebody over when she, when they took that seriously and cornered me over it, it was like, Oh, this, I can just imagine what this would be like. Cause and it's just, it's crazy. Oh, it's the kind of thing you should kill somebody over. Domestic violence is very serious. Whoa, 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 whoa. You would kill somebody for that? That's how they responded. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying you would kill somebody because they sewed rotting meat into their curtains? It's like, it's just a casual comment. The, the point I was making is, that is some serious shit. That is crazy that somebody would do that. And so I would expect the, the person who had the meat sewn into their curtains, I would expect them to respond in a crazy way too. 
That was the point I was making, if it's not obvious. And that's just such a, it's such a casual comment, too. Oh, it's kind of thing. I, I, it's just like saying, like, I'd kill him. It's like when somebody pranks you and you say, I'm going to kill you. Nobody stops and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to kill him? Dude, all he did is doorbell ditch you. You're going to murder him? You're actually going to devise a plan to murder him? It's, it's the same exact thing. That's what people say. I'm going to kill you. Oh, you fucked with me. And, and you say in a joking way, dude, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to strangle you, dude. But they responded as if they had never heard that turn of phrase before. They acted like I was saying, no, really, guys, if someone sews meat into your curtains, you're allowed to just kill them. You're allowed to just kill them. And that's why, honestly, that's one of the reasons we live in an environment that's even more that way now. We respond to people's words even more seriously now. It's only gotten worse in that regard. But anytime, that's that's one of the biggest deal breakers. That's like one of the biggest social deal breakers for me is if you say something that is just a casually accepted phrase and people take it seriously, they're like, no, 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 I want to know. I want to know what you meant. No, I want you to explain yourself. That's always the biggest social red flag that you shouldn't be around those people. Dude, we invited this coworker and he was talking about killing people. And the absurdity of that conversation, too, where we're talking about like what you would do in response to somebody who sews rotting meat into your curtains to fuck with you. And now we're debating whether or not I was serious about killing a person who theoretically does that to you. Can we not take a step back? Can we not take a step back and look at how fucking absurd this conversation is? Let's talk about your names. Wait till you wait till you guys hear what I think about names. If you guys think me casually saying that somebody might kill somebody over rotting meat sewn into their curtains, wait till you wait till I tell you what I think about names. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free. 